All right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA Fancast. Tune in. Welcome to MMA Fancast. My name's Luke. I'm joined by Jeremy, the Adonis Mitchell. Jeremy, welcome. Thank you for having me, man. I always love being on here. I love having you on here. Thanks so much for taking time out. You have just finished jujitsu um, training. You were saying you were thirsty, and uh, your hair is cleaned up very nice, but you're all sweaty and just finished jujitsu class. How was <laughs> How was today's class? Were you teaching or were you getting working for yourself? Uh, I was getting working for myself. We uh, a lot of roles today, a lot, a lot of competition roles. So it's a good class. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's good. I mean, that's always a great thing. And for your weight class, you are more rangy, if I can say that. A longer, a longer fighter for your weight class, I would say. And so in jujitsu, yeah. in jujitsu, um, what is it like being the kind of the longer, because there's advantages for being the longer sort of limbed. You think Donald Cowboy Cerrone at 155 was able to do some stuff, but then there's also sometimes where you can't, where things are a little different because you are longer. So how does jiu-jitsu work for you? Um, so at Bantamweight, it was great. Featherweight, I'm actually moving back to Featherweight. Um, oh. Just due to, yeah. So uh, this one actually be, I'll be fighting for a Featherweight title. Um this time, honestly, with my last weight cut, there was um, a lot of issues that I really didn't like to complain. I hate to be a complainer about uh, <laughs> most things because somebody always has a little bit of words. So I didn't really touch on them. Plus, it's, you know, I don't I feel like if you say it out loud before you go into competition. Right. It's always in the back of your head. Right, but you want to stay I, focused. Yeah. yeah. I ended up getting down to like 3% body fat mm -hmm. and I was just really on it like you hear all the time like bodybuilders all they they look at like they're at their strongest they're not they're usually their weakest and honestly that was that was kind of where i was at so i enjoyed the process i learned a lot about myself but moving back to featherweight um definitely taught me a, like moving back to featherweight is definitely the better idea and i feel like i learned a lot throughout that process mm -hmm. because beforehand i felt like i couldn't grow into featherweight which is why i went down to bad weight right then I learned a lot about nutrition from a nutritionist to make weight, which actually changed the way I eat every single day, which allowed me to put on the mask to compete at featherweight. But being the longer guy in jujitsu doesn't really do me any favors. And in my gym, I'm actually one of the shorter, okay. uh, like less rangy guys. So um, where I have so many bigger training partners, when I get in there and somebody is my size or even smaller then it's it's much easier. But in here, I'm usually at the disadvantage, but it makes it for great, great uh, benefits on fight night. Well, and that's probably the plan anyhow, right? You want, but what do they say? Train hard, fight easy, right? There, there has to be a part where yep. when you're actually in the cage, things are working better than they do in training because if it was vice versa, it's going to be a problem. So, well, I Absolutely. agree. And there's people that know, uh, like after you train with the same people, there's so many people that know what you do that uh, when I get into competition, I'm almost amazed it worked again. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, my, all of my training partners don't fall for that anymore. So it's almost like a relief when it does work. <laughs> well, that's actually something I guess we could talk about that something that fans that don't train wouldn't know is that particularly, I mean, it can be in kickboxing as well, but definitely in jujitsu that certain setups and certain styles of doing stuff, eventually your opponents, because they're your training partners know what you're going to do, which is one of the reasons why the the very recent UFC fight between uh, Kimura and Burns was so interesting because they had trained together a yeah. ton, like a lot. And it is interesting because 
you see a lot more in training than you do in, in fighting. But getting back to your weight, I appreciate you now explaining kind of what the process was. Obviously, we talked a lot about that before your title yeah. fight. Um, and I think you always have to work on the mental edge, right? There's no reason to put doubt in your mind or um, worse yet, your opponent hears something and, you know, that. So, so that's good. But what it sounds like is, it, and I've always talked to you about this, um, you're, mm-hmm. you're a student of the game. Every time we talk, you're, you're intelligent. Yep. You literally want to be very mentally uh, sharp in how you approach it. And so what I heard from you is you took what could have been a disappointing experience, you know, because at mm-hmm. one point you thought Bantamweight was going to be your next hurrah. Yeah. And it was really disappointing to deal with at first. Yeah. So. But now it looks like you've taken, instead of being disappointed, and you've said the same things you've learned to make weight, you've now learned to put the weight on that you didn't think you were going to be able to put on to stay at featherweight. Um, now, given how you were feeling sucked down 3%, not at your strongest, that fight, from what I remember, was like a minute and a half or something. <laughs> remember, it wasn't. Yeah. So are you glad it went short? Was that something that was – you could say this now because it's – but is it something you were worried about going in or did you think you could go 15? Um, so – I didn't realize the real uh, health drawbacks until yeah. after the fight. Oh. And I'd actually scheduled to fight another competitor to defend my title. And that's when oh. I started putting things together. Because I, I thought it was just essentially, this is what it is. And this is how mm-hmm. it is. It's hard, but it's what I want to do. Yeah. And then I, I started talking to my nutritionist. And I remember some things like there's, and I, I have no problem spilling it all out. It's kind of like I... um I failed my first medical uh, due to like just crap, man. Like I, I felt like crap. I was having trouble just even moving. Uh, and honestly, like a minute and a half, like I was grateful for the win. I was really wanting to go the full 25, even though I kept saying I was going to the first. I was, I was really eager to go full 25 just because I, I haven't experienced it. And so I, I welcomed the experience. And uh, it's almost like when you get out and – you win really quick. It's kind of hollow. Like, uh, I, w- I want to overcome something. Like mm-hmm. I want there to be something to overcome. And, um, the weight cut kind of gave me that victory, I guess, mm-hmm. but I was looking for more to overcome in the fight. Sure. I'm not one to complain. I'm thankful for, uh, <laughs> for the victory. And I will always, uh, you know, I'll never prolong how long I'm in there, but I, w- I was really hoping to go more, more time than when I got to. Now, the weight cut, like I said, I'd failed my first physical, and I had to line some things out so I could pass the second one. Finally got all that taken care of. But I remember the night of the weight cut, I fell asleep. I made weight before I went to sleep. So, oh. Are you there? Yeah, we can't see you. Are you able to get the video back? Uh, There we go. There we go. There's Um, your ugly mug. (laughs) uh, I woke up uh, in the middle of the night, and I remember – I couldn't bend my elbow like all oh. the way, like without warming it up. I would have to do like minor motions to get yeah. the full motion. Cause it was like my joints were locking up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it was also like when I was speaking, if you go back and watch the videos, it was kind of like all my thoughts had to load. It was like, I knew what I wanted to <laughs> yeah. say, but I had a lot of pauses between. It was like, I was lagging. Um, now once I got the rehydration drinks, like I said, Tracy, uh, my nutritionist, she was absolutely amazing. And when on fight night, I had no issues. Uh, leading up to it, I was just zapped. I had very little energy. And so truthfully, like what looked like a pretty good minute and a half long experience, like uh, performance 
was essentially literally the worst I've ever competed in my in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. That was the uh, the worst Jeremy that we'll ever see from that day forward. Gotcha. But then I was I had signed to uh, fight Dre Miley, and we had a little bit of a back and forth. But it, I mean, it was all just uh, a build up on at least my half. Essentially, I had signed to fight him in my weight. I was walking around about one sixty eight, and I was going to have to be one thirty five. And it wasn't like I'd got soft. I wasn't out here eating pizza and spaghetti to get to 168 pounds. I was, you know, waking up having an omelet stuffed with vegetables. I was eating chicken and rice and vegetables for lunch, fish, rice, and vegetables for dinner. And I'm still over here, you know, sitting around between 65 and 68. And I was expected to make bantam weight in five weeks. And I'm like, how can I even, you know, how do you get any cleaner of eating than this? And so I started dialing back the proportions and I realized that my performance had got to where it seemed like every training session, even though I was doing it a week ago, just fine is now making me stiff and sore. And then I started, like I said, putting things together. I remembered after my fight, my back hurt for like a week and it wasn't like I pulled anything. I had a kidney infection oh. and uh, from the weight cut. So I kind of, it was just a lot to ask myself, do I want to do this again? Sure. And so I sat down and talked to my nutritionist, my coaches and my manager and my nutritionist, was this nutritionist essentially was telling me that when you empty your body of all fat reserves uh, and, and you're not eating a lot of food, because obviously you, you can't, you have to make weight, right. that your body has nowhere to pull it from other than muscles and organs. And essentially, I'm looking at being, you know, 30 and having serious uh, health complications. Yeah, right. yeah. So it just, if it was my last fight, it was one. last hurrah than maybe but I'm, I'm here for a long haul like i said i'm gonna be one of the best to do it so i gotta i gotta make sure i'm here for a while well and speaking of the long haul speaking of looking forward and that's a perfect transition and yes you've made that comment on this show one of the reasons why i love having you back is you're undefeated you're wanting to keep that way you want to go all the way up to a championship at well you already have one but at <laughs> um and looking forward you have a title fight coming up at featherweight um march 27th for showcase mma so this will be your second title fight won't be a defense like you said but second title fight um first off what does it what does it feel like being a challenger as opposed to the champion do you give any credit to that is it more exciting to be the challenger oh so much because it's like you have everything to to earn and to gain as the the champion you're almost like I don't want to regress, you know? Um, and so it's hard to, it's hard to make yourself, it's never hard to train. I, I feel like uh, fighters that say it's hard to train are in the wrong uh, sport because it's like, I would do this if I had no competition. I have like, if I sit at home and I don't train twice a day, fight coming up or not, I, I feel like I'm going mad. So for me, it's, it's exciting. It doesn't really change the training aspect, but it's really hard to, uh, to want to go in there and be like, all right, for, this amount of money go in there and you know risk losing it all as a champion it, it, i feel like i would need paid more to have the uh the same fire that i would as the challenger mm. that that's where it really comes down to it because it's like you know right now it's like i'm fighting for this money in this belt and then it's kind of like after that you're fighting for this money and to not lose this opportunity to do it again so mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I like the prestige. I like the challenge. I like the accomplishment. Um, after this belt, I'm probably going to try to find another promotion and take theirs if the UFC doesn't call. So, 
and that's what my next thought was going to be is that in addition to the accomplishment, if I can say it, you're also fighting to get eyes. You know, you're fighting to improve your record, to get people impressed. I think you are an impressive fighter. Um, of course, the fight I was supposed to watch you live and, and do the play-by-play for back in March 20, uh, 2020 never happened because of COVID. Well, the good side for you, I plan on taking every belt on the East Coast until I'm in the UFC. So eventually you'll get that opportunity. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited because 247 Fighting Championships with Ryan um, is a great promotion in Pittsburgh. And obviously I know that's a, that's a closer drive for you. That's almost a home. Uh, so it'll be great to see you. Plus, as the um, color commentator, not only do I do the announcing, but I get to interview all the winners in the cage. And it would just be great to be able to interview in the cage. But uh, that'll happen at some point. That quote that you just gave me, you know, that you plan on winning all the titles in the East Coast before you get to um, the UFC. It, how motivating is that for you? Because that's a huge uh, goal to have to just be out there, not not to kind of settle in, but just keep keep going at different promotions, which there's tons in the East Coast, which is good for you. Um, but what does that feel like to have that drive where you want it to be title after title from now on? So for me, um, I, I've done a recently. I've done a lot of uh, digging of why I even do this. Uh, not not like a question, but I, I have wondered like why why am I so obsessed with this? And for me, it's like. I hate the idea of being disrespected in the sport. And I feel like with that, I'm undeniable. And also, I feel like I'm going to have to beat all of these guys anyway if I want to be the best there is. And, I mean, it's no disrespect. These guys are dangerous, very game competitors. And uh, there's no disrespect. And I only seek out those competitors. I mean, the fight you were going to co uh, commentate that I was in was a very competitive fight. I was not picking any easy fights. My last opponent was six and three, coming off a first four uh, four first round finishes. Mm -hmm. My next opponent seven and three, coming off of two finishes. Like I'm gonna have to beat all of these guys to be the absolute best there is. I see so many guys that they pick it easy until they can get there, and they're like, "Well, we'll fight when we get to the UFC." Like, yeah, you will, but mm -hmm. I'm not gonna have to fight these guys in the UFC because I've already beat them. Mm -hmm. And when they do have to fight me in the UFC, they're gonna have jitters because they've already lost to me. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try to clean house before I get there because I don't want to fight 12 fights in the UFC before I touch gold. I want to fight three or four. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, that's the motivation. It's like the the more I take off my hit list right now, the less there will be later. So well, and I don't want to feel that, that level of competition under the big lights for the first time. I want to feel that competition every time I step in there. Or, you know, if I get in there and I finish them in a minute and a half, then that's cool because, that, like, I, I don't – get paid by the hour by any means you know what i mean i get paid to show up i get paid to win but i the competition is what drives me so if i go all the way to the top and i get first round finishes great but for me it's the competition i want to train hard every day try to beat these guys fight the best guys so that i can get in there and be ready for that and like i said if i get there and it's still first round finishes then cool but i want these first round finishes over these um over people that there's prestige in beating fast, not over somebody that's, you know, been beaten fast multiple times or even lost uh, multiple times because, yeah, I might be able to trick local MMA fans into thinking it's a tough fight, but the guy that I'm trying to impress, the, the promotions that I'm trying to impress, they know. You know what I mean? They, they, they check the strength of record, 
And I want when people look at my record to be like, he's fought nothing but killers and he's killed all of them. So, well, and speaking of strength of record, and, and you've explained that probably better than most for people that don't know, regional MMA, the, the best way I describe it is it is what you make it. You know, you mm-hmm. can make a pro can make regional MMA literally just fun in the sun and just trying to take the easiest, most fan friendly winning. Um, things and sometimes that actually holds a pro back because down the road a promotion likes their record but then they look at strength of competition and it's like you know not calling anybody out but I've seen local regional pros that are maybe three and seven still fighting and hats off to them good good for them to still be fighting but they shouldn't be fighting guys who are five and up you know what I mean and but because there's interest in it. Like, yeah. well, you know that that happens. I've seen it. And and then the guy has a 5-0 and o record, but he's mainly fought um, below 500 fighters. Yeah. And so They're going to get, right there with me, get exposed like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they didn't do it the right way. Well, it, hopefully you'll take this as a compliment because I mean it. Your record is kind of like the concentrated drink that you got to add a lot of water to because it's so <laughs> powerful because you're – you don't have a long pro career, but like what you're talking about, because you're going at, because you're going at strong opponents at when you're five and zero or six and zero, your record is much stronger than a record. Who's maybe 10 and one, but has less yeah. strength. What, what does that feel like to you to know that you are taking a concentrated route, a condensed route, so to speak? Um, for me, it feels like it's, it feels right. It feels good. It feels like it's the way it should be. The sport is fighting. The sport isn't padding your record. It's like you said, it is what you make it. But that's also what's going to show. So therefore you, you know, you beat these guys that are nothing and you make it somewhere. You're just going to get exposed. Like I'd said, if you, if you take the hard fights, you do it at the right time. You don't have to get, you don't have to work your way back to the UFC. You know what I mean? When you get there, the first ready. So for me, it feels right. It feels like what everybody should do, but very few have the courage to do. And to the ones that do it, they're the real fighters. The other ones, they're the pretend fighters. So honestly, I I feel like they might say there's 5,000 featherweights, U.S. featherweights, whatever. There's only 100 of us actual fighters, in my opinion. Those are the ones going out there. So when I see, you know, somebody that's 3-0 and and they have that strength of schedule outranking, somebody that is nine and zero, for me, you know, being that three and zero, it feels good because I'm like, it's, it shows that courage pays in my opinion. And for me, courage is taking the fight, even when you're not sure how it's going to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've done that ever since I was an amateur. Like I I had by no means, I might have a, like currently a spotless uh, professional record, but I was, I was by far not spotless as an Mm -hmm. amateur. But it was because I, I took those challenges at the right time. So I don't become that, you know, seven and seven, eight and eight, uh, even like 15 and 10 professional. I took my picks and now I get to give them. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Well, you have given a ton of uh, insight into what it's like, even going back to your amateur career, because amateur careers are tough because fighters are trying to figure out if they actually want to do this professionally or can they do it. And so I do think that there's a certain, there's a certain temptation at the amateur level to obviously try to go uh, 
undefeated. But like what you pointed out, the thing so about you amateur, you feel like you're trying to prove to others, like, yeah. oh, okay, let him go pro now because he's good. But then you go pro, and then you're, you know, you're one and four, and you're done. Yeah. Well, looking forward for you, uh, what are you hoping? What besides a win, of course, but what are you hoping to get the most out of the March 27th fight? Um, I'm looking to get the showcase featherweight title, increase my record to four wins, zero losses, hopefully with the first round TKO. Uh, but know that if you see me into the later rounds, even the fifth, that I'm happy to be there. Um, never thrilled. Fights are scary. You know what I mean? So I'm, I try to be very relatable and never try to put on a, uh, a fake persona. So generally they're, they're very scary from far out, but as I get closer, and as I'm about to walk, it's not scary anymore. So know that when I, if I am in the fourth or fifth round, that I am happy to be there. So that, well, that's where I'm looking to to gain another victory, to gain another belt, but to gain a moral victory mostly. So okay, you have to prove myself this I'm at the right place, and and to hopefully get my shot on the contender series. If not, get another title fight and just start collecting. Well, I can't wait to see where you go go from here. And thanks for all the insight and the, the honesty to let uh, me and the audience know kind of some of the behind-the-scenes life of a fighter. As always, it's an honor having you on the show. I've had you on the show both before you became a pro champ and after, and I can't wait to have you back on the show when you are the 145-pound showcase champ. So until then, best wishes to you, and I can't wait to see you bring home that strap March 27th. Thank you. Can't wait.